God gave me the grace to come back. Might be a little bit noisy. Uh, where we are, it is raining, 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 is raining like uh, it's raining for the whole summer past when we is making up. It's making up for all of the days we didn't have any rain. So the farmers are having a shouting fit right now. And they're singing, rain, rain, come and stay. Don't you ever go away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I want you to turn in your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles. To Matthew chapter 13 verses 53 through 58 as I preach in your hearing by the grace of God when Jesus Christ himself the Son of Almighty God was disrespected and dishonored by his own family, his own kinfolk, and his own hometown. And isn't it interesting? This is part four. Uh, we are probably going to be in this passage uh, all the way through the month of September if the Lord should tarry his coming. And we live. And all of my persecutors and family persecutors and Judases uh, are not victorious. But isn't it interesting that when your family members are against you, how easily it is or how easy it is uh, for them to join with their neighbors and church members and other people against you. This is part four, the Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, day 2039, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2423, uh, since January the 1st, 2016, so long ago. Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 through 58. 
And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, a series of messages, deep, deep, powerful messages that are so powerful they hit us real hard even to this very day. And when I say deep, because in this series of sermons, uh, yea, parables, Jesus went real deep regarding salvation and how that some people get it and some people got it and some people almost get it and, and, and fall away and quit. And um, very, very deep very powerful and very important so this was a, 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 a serious series and he just finished it and maybe he was going back for a little hour and hour to his hometown he departed thence and when he was come into his own country that's where we like to go when we want to get a little R&R, &R, a little rest and relaxation, take it easy. We want to be around familiar people, familiar scenery. I don't care where I go, and it's always been this way, and it's not because my wife and I have such a wonderful marriage relationship. It's only because of Jesus. See, I'm happy and cheerful and joyful everywhere I go. And I've been that way ever since I've been saved. So, uh, my wife or my uh, children or household situation does not discombobulate me to the point where I'm not happy, cheerful, joyful. And uh, because Jesus uh, will make every Christian that way no matter where they are or what the con what the circumstances are or what the situation is Jesus can make it all right that is if you stay prayed up with him and you have confessed your sins and you have repented your heart is right with God and you're walking with Jesus as opposed uh, to against him then he'll keep you in perfect peace but no matter where I go in the world, I love being home, and I would rather be home. And I, and I really don't like leaving the house. And uh, my children will tell you this, my wife will tell you this, uh, and, and I like going days without having to leave the house. And leave my own country. I love where I live at. I I just love it, and I, and 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 I'm very thankful uh, about it. My wife will tell you, my children will tell you, when we when we're riding around where we live at, I just thank the Lord. I I, I just uh, out loud, they have heard me say many times, I thank the Lord I live in this town. And that's any time we have lived in for any length of time. It's something about 
uh, uh, where you live at uh, and the comfortable uh, the comfortability of it anyway he taught them when he arrived in his own country in their synagogue in so much that they were astonished see the a, a true prophet of God a true man of God a a preacher of the gospel uh, is just in them no no matter where they go they are going to uh, get the word and preach it and teach it this is why I have told you these preachers who have quit the ministry and quit on God and quit on Jesus Christ they were never called in the first place they were impostors because a true man of God come rain or shine chastisement and rebuke coronavirus plague war you're gonna find him preaching and teaching the word in different ways he, he knows the importance God put it in him the importance of preaching the word no matter what you're going through Dr. Tony Evans has shown that as a pastor doesn't matter what's going on I, I know what I'm going to do it doesn't matter what, what's happening what's going on whether we can meet at the church or meet in the field or meet online it doesn't make any difference to me I know what I'm supposed to do see and you get a preacher like that who's called by God woe is me if I preach not the gospel Dr. Uh, uh, T.D. Jakes you know whatever you you think of him and so forth one thing for sure he understood the importance of preaching the word throughout this plague pandemic he's still preaching it now and both of these are older men and they're flat shucking the corn like never before to me they're preaching better than ever huh <laughs> it don't matter what it doesn't matter whether they do it uh, at the house uh, in their office uh, pulpit with 10,000 empty seats it makes no difference a man of God is going to find a place to preach the gospel and preach the word. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Uh-uh, no. And we'll forego doing other things that are more financially profitable to fix it where he can preach the gospel. And for people and family members who know me, crying in the wilderness that's not that's not because I could not be someplace else I moved to where I'm at intentionally so that I uh, could be free to preach the gospel without a whole bunch of this that and the other to deal with and to pay for and so uh, every God called preacher preach son Preach, sir, if you're older than me, or you about my age, preach in season and out of season. Preach, 
Preach the word in season and out of season. No matter what the situation is, he, see the fair weather preacher, they're gone. They've been gone. I tried to tell you they weren't about anything in the first place. I told you they, that, that they were going to quit. I said that if, if uh, way before the plague, before the coronavirus plague, I said if we can get about 50%, over a little over 50% 50, 50 of the preachers to quit, we would have revival. They have surprised me. It's over 60% now going on 70. They weren't about anything. And uh, in the words of Kenny Rogers, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. We need all the preachers we can get now. But you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. We know what you're about. You're howling. You've been in it for the money and the prestige and the people applauding you. Now that you can't see the people, the people don't want to see you. They don't want to go down to the building uh, to see you and to massage your ego and sad to say other things. And uh, shake your hand, pat you on the back, hello pastor, and all that kind of stuff right there. I can't do that now. That's not wise. So that's going to cause you to stop preaching because you, you're not getting that pat on the back. You're not getting that applause. You're not getting that thousand dollar love offering. So you're leaving the ministry because you were a hireling from Jump Street. By the grace of God, I, I was preaching the gospel for almost four years every day before the plague set and predicted the plague. And kept, God led me to keep on preaching. I thought he was going to say, okay, son, you did your job. They didn't listen, so uh, let me lay the boom down. You go ahead on to Israel and see Israel and, and uh, you know, visit where Paul walked again and and then go ahead on off into the sunset. And then God told me, I, I, I have another assignment for you, son. I want you to help people get through this. I was shocked. And then he gave me another service that we call the standing between the living and the dead service. Uh, see... A God-called preacher like Jesus is going to preach in the hometown, uh, the city, uh, down the road, or another region. Everywhere he goes, he has preached in him, and not only is not it's not just something that they like to do. Like some of these, some of these little hirelings that quit, they they would say, "Oh, I just love preaching. I like." See, I have I've had my questions about people who say stupid things like that <laughs> I, I, for years. I, I'm telling you, for years, way back when God first called me to preach, I, I wondered about these preachers who told me they love to preach. I don't love to preach. I love having preached by the grace of God. I don't love to preach. 
there's a lot that, a lot of uh, uh, satanic attack that comes against preaching and prayer too but anyway um, ladies and gentlemen uh, the true preacher of God is going to preach and so they said whence hath this man this wisdom isn't he from James City? Isn't he from the hood? We know his daddy. His daddy barely got out of, out of the eighth grade. We know his mama is plain Mary. And these mighty works. Who is this? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? We know her. We've seen her down at the grocery store. And his brethren. We know all of them. James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. So when the other Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus Christ. It might have been like a double whammy because he had a brother named Judas. And a brother betrayed him. One of the first members of the Christian church. The first treasurer of the Christian church betrayed Jesus Christ. And you know the Judas is always concerned about the money. And uh, where it's going. And you, you'll find some in your Baptist churches. Judases. They're always, they don't come to church. But they'll come to the business meeting. Oh yes they will. They'll make it. They'll, they'll come to vote. And his sisters. We know them. Are they not all with us? Uh, we're married to some of them. Whence then hath this man all these things that we don't have it we do not have these things like him I mean it's not in the water around here this intelligence this wisdom this power this authority this ability we've never seen anything like it and they were <coughs> offended in him family members and friends offended in him because he had a calling on his life that they did not understand but Jesus said unto them and I knew this blew their minds and it, it blows people's minds today especially in the church because see in the church you're not supposed today in today's church listen to me very carefully you're not supposed to have any problems in your family everybody in your family and everybody in your neighborhood ought to like you you know that when they do some deep research on you they'll go back to your classmates what did he do in the sixth grade that was kind of weird They'll, they'll go back to your hometown to try to find out what you did within, in the fourth grade. Did he ever kill a frog or something like that? 
Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And this is a word to prophets, to pastors and evangelists. This is an education for you. See, the power of education is that you can avoid a whole bunch of mess because you already know it's going to be some mess. You understand me? And oh yes, your family members are going to try to pull you back into the family. You're too far gone. You're out there. Come on back up here with us and be miserable with the rest of us. And do you know you have family members? This, this is a sickness. Do you know you have family members? All of you people got some family. There's a little group of about four or five of them. They, 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 they gripe about everything. <clears throat> it's a demonic spirit. I believe it's a generational curse. They gripe about everything. They complain about everything. They're never happy about anything. They're not thankful for their past, their present, or their future. Now they'll shout at the church, but you never see any shout in their lives. Avoid them. Stay away from people who are miserable and sad. And, and, and because they want to pull you down back into the crab bin, and back into the family of hellaciousness, they can't stand that you're happy. They can't stand that you have purpose beside them. <clears throat> they can't stand that you're on mission and that nobody or, or nothing will turn you around from your love for Christ and the mission that Christ has you on. They want to bring you back down to earth with them, to hell wholeness. <laughs> if you are a man of God, a preacher of God, don't bite the bait. Avoid it. It's going to be a mess. They're trying to get you caught up in a quagmire. They want to get you around the dinner table and ask you some questions. Didn't I hear you, you are against a homosexual? Your cousin is a homosexual? So? <laughs> I don't give a flip about that. I, and, and you say, well, don't you want to meet your cousin? Don't you? No, I don't want to meet my cousin if he's a homosexual. I don't. We have nothing to talk about. Well, your auntie, you know, she's a homosexual. She's got a bald head. And she's a part of the family. You know, family's everything. Family's not everything. I already preached that. That's one of the reasons why you're mad. Family is not everything. Jesus is everything. And if, you're not, if you don't want to come around me and talk about Jesus and lifting up Jesus and witnessing for Jesus and passing out tracts for Jesus, we don't have anything to talk about even though we may be family. I'm trying to set you free. I, I want you to be free too, like me. And I want you to leave me alone if you are not going to agree with me. For two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. If you want to live a sad, pitiful, hellacious life, Complaining about the past, the present, and the future. You're mad about everything. We don't need to meet. 
pastors, preachers, prophets, evangelists who are called by God, you already know that you're different. You don't see things the same way your family members do and people do. They want you to see it their way. They want you to come to the family reunion so that they can pick your brain and, and ask stupid questions and uh, so somebody can uh, get up and, and, and say something stupid. Well, around here in this family, we love all of our family. Blood is thicker than water, water, whatever. They gay. Lesbians, we still love them around here. So, we're family. We're family. Family. Come on over and give me a hug, you gays and, and lesbians. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. See? And I say to you, don't avoid it. Pass not by it. Don't even go to it. Because, see, education, like I tried to tell you, when you get education from God and you get education from Jesus, and even if you get education <clears throat> from the university, all of that is designed to carve away and to protect you from and cause you to bypass a whole bunch of garbage and mess. So that you can stay on mission and stay on point and do what you're supposed to do. And in the black family, it's very terrible. When, so stay away from any kind of philosophy. We got some white folks too, same way. Family, you know, is more important than everything. No, it's not. Don't think like that. Don't let them make you think that way. That's not the God does not want you to think that way. God has you on a path. I told my daughter, Danita, God called her to be a missionary when she was a child. And now she's got some strange, devilish family members trying to get her all caught up in some garbage inside the family. Mess. And I told her, don't you let family members, I don't care who it is, or church members, Take you off your path of doing what God called you to do with joy and cheerfulness and happiness. You don't need to be around here crying about these people. You need to move on with your life. And I, I, I want that. I, I, I want all of my children to understand that. Move on. I'm not a fan of moveon.org which was born out of the Bill Clinton scandal. But I like the idea move on and only gather with people who love Jesus like you and who are talking about missions like you and and rejoicing what they're doing for the Lord enjoice uh, so that they can rejoice in what you do for the Lord and watch this more than likely it's not going to be family I cannot explain that to you but more than likely it's not it's not going to be family in fact there's going to be a part of your life and I believe God designs it to be so. It's okay that you're going to be closer to other people than your family if you have a calling on your life. Now you can mark that down.
especially since the plague came in that I predicted for over 10 years before it happened. I have family members, especially, not too many uh, of my old friends are saying much, but I have family members and, and some preachers. Who does he think he is? Preaching like that. Meddling in our homes and family. No, your, 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 your family and your home is a mess. I'm not trying to meddle with anything. I'm trying to get it straightened out for you. Based upon the word of God. No, it's not. It's not. Your family is not yours. We can do what you can do what you want with it. It's God's family. God is the one who put, miraculously put you together. Do you know what it takes for God to put wicked sinners together in holy matrimony? That's a that's a that's a job. That's a task. And may I say something to you that I even talked to talked to the Lord about today? Do you know that as you grow older as a Christian, you're going to love people with God's love, but you're not going to like them too much? That's across the board. That that's free. It has nothing to do with this message. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. <clears throat> Holy Father God, hallowed be your name, Lord, tonight we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son and our Holy Savior Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. I praise you and thank you for your grace, your mercy and your love. And Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you for the millions, the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years upon me and upon my family and upon all of the Christian people gathered with me tonight all of the uh, saints who are not gathered with me thank you for being so good to us and uh, down through the years and thank you Lord for uh, having me to preach this morning on the fact that there's another side of you that people don't know too much about but they're learning uh, there is a wrath judgment side of you <clears throat> and uh, Lord help people to understand that and to remember that uh, that you're not uh, the one to get started they should not get you started on them. And so, Holy Father God, we individually and hopefully collectively confess our sins for those of us who are saved, our failures, and our faults. <clears throat> for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins. 
our faults and our failures. As we from our hearts by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us all. For those of us who are saved tonight, and fill us with the fullness, the power, the unction, the anointing, the fruit, the liberty. Lord of your Holy Spirit, put a guard at our hearts, our minds, tongues, attitudes, and temperaments that we will not sin against you. And deliver us who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin. And grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit and your love, your agape love. To love right, live right, think right, and do right, and do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Lord, I pray that you'll help those of us who are saved tonight across this country and around the globe. Uh, that you will help us, Lord, to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent of our wicked sins. And to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, the lost people, even in my own family, who are religious and lost, my wife, my mother, my wife's mother, and aunts, and my sisters, and other family members who are religious but not saved, and have never been born again. I pray that they will not have to hear the words one day, uh, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So Lord, uh, help them all to lay aside their pride, especially my wife, Marika White, and to truly believe in you and to repent of their sins and become true Christians. And Lord, we pray for the salvation of the irreligious as well all around the world and help all, everybody to realize that joining a church or getting baptized or giving money to the church is not salvation, does not equal salvation. Uh, simple faith and belief in you, Lord Jesus Christ, and repentance of sin and calling on your name for salvation is the way. For you have said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so by your grace and all that you do, which none of us know how you do it all, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, if they are willing to confess their sins and repent. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, for the comfort of the grieving in this country and around the globe. And uh, Holy Father God, we also pray for those Christians who tonight who are fretting and worried that you lift all burdens if they are willing to confess their sins, repent of their sins and obey you. Lord, lift all burdens, cares, worries and anxieties Fill us all with your peace, that passive all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who are saved and serving you, uh, Lord, from 
distresses, afflictions, persecutors, and Judases in the family and outside of the family, in the ministry and outside of the ministry, false brethren, and I pray for all of my uh, godly, God-called preacher brethren across the country and around the globe and all of your servants. And Lord, I do pray that you would deliver us today from all tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions uh, with lessons learned. And Lord, if we have not learned whatever lessons you want us to know, Lord, uh, please have those things to remain in our lives and help us to rejoice in them. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you will deliver each and every one of us tonight under the sound of my voice and beyond. Deliver us, Lord, from all uh, spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing. And uh, Lord, I do pray thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are in this world for Lord uh, they should be worse because of our wicked evil and ungodly sins and ways but thank you for your mercy even in the midst of chastisement and rebuke we and and and, and uh, punishment for the evil going on in the church and even outside of the church and Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight that you'll bless and protect my family, all of my children, all of my offspring. Uh, Lord, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil. And uh, from the demons of hell and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Thank you so much, Lord, for leading me to pray for that long before uh, we had a severe satanic attack from uh, so-called family members. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, thank you for preparing us for it. And Lord, I do pray uh, this prayer for all of your people who are experiencing, who are experiencing the same thing. But they will not say anything about it because that's not uh, how... Uh, uh, people do today and so Holy Father God I do pray that you will bless and place upon us the whole arm of God tonight surround us with a band of your holy angels place upon us and cleanse us through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and Lord tonight I thank you for the rain and Lord I pray that the farmers will get all that they need and that you would continue to protect us, uh, Lord, whether it's hot or rainy or cold, uh, Lord, uh, each and every day. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray and forsake. Amen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am preaching in your hearing. I am preaching in your hearing. I am preaching in your hearing. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was disrespected and dishonored by his own family, 
Kinfolk and uh, Neighbors, Part 4. Dr. Matthew Henry, one of the greatest theologians of all time, said prophets should have honor paid to them because of who they represent. And commonly have. Men of God are great men and men of honor and challenge respect. It is strange indeed. It is strange indeed if prophets have not honor. Notwithstanding this, they are commonly least regarded and reverenced in their own country, among their own family members, kinfolk and friends that they were raised up with, and sometimes are most envied. Indeed, familiarity breeds contempt. Now, beloved, in our last message in this series, we began looking at how Jesus Christ was rejected by his own family, his own kinfolk, his own people, where he was raised. To them, Jesus Christ was just the carpenter's son. And do you know that's how people always want to remember you? Oh, you're the carpenter's son. You're so-and-so's son. You're a chip off the old block. And they were offended. And, and they, they'll, they'll try to tie you to uh, family members like that uh, to the point where you can never gain your own identity and uh, do what God has called you to do. They were offended in him. They were offended that he was fulfilling a higher calling. And do you know that there are people who will envy you for the calling and the track that God has you on? You see, I'm thankful to God that I raised my children the right way uh, biblically I say that I'm thankful because I have peace in my heart that whatever path they take uh, in life and if they are and if it's honoring God and not dishonoring him uh, they will do well. They will be successful. And they may be greater than me. And I'm okay with that. I raised them to be great. I raised them also not to follow people, but to be leaders. And not to get caught up in gook and foolishness and mess. To... 
focus on what God has called them to do. And understand that there are people and situations and things uh, that you cannot change or help. And you don't need to get bogged down with it. You need to go on for God and let God take you on the journey that he wants to take you on. I want and I expect my children to serve God, my children that I raised with my wife, uh, helping and doing the dirty work. I raised them by myself. But the children that we had together, I expect them to do well. I expect them to be successful. I'm not shocked by it. I expect them to lead others to Christ and to be victorious in their lives and not to be followers and listening to other devilish people. However, I do believe that because they never had the loving, uh, the love of a mother and the touch, a loving touch of a mother, they, they are hungry for motherly love and they'll take even a demon if they would hug them and say I love you sad to say uh, and uh, and that that may be tripping them up right now but I believe that they're going to recover once they learn it from themselves for themselves and so uh, my point to you is this do not let people bog you down with foolishness and their agenda, which is hellaciousness in most cases, don't let them bog you down with that. And their problems, and their issues, and what they did wrong, and they feel guilty about what they did not do. And get you all sidetracked with their foolishness and their guilt and things that they're trying to fix uh, before they die. But they really don't want to fix it. They just want to uh, mess your life up and mess somebody else's life up. For example, uh, a long time ago, uh, my wife and I, Marika White, and I were separated uh, for a few months. And uh, her mother, her aunt, and her brother came and we had six children at the time but see they during that time they were hot to trot in their middle age years and divorced and uh, out and about doing what they want to do when they could have said you know what uh, Marika we're gonna take you and the children back with us they didn't say that they saw those six children they didn't want that responsibility. And uh, they told her, you need to get back with your husband. We're not, because they didn't, they didn't want to, they didn't want to take responsibility for her and her six children. And I don't blame them. And they, they understood instinctively the pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness that's in all of them. Not the children, but in them. My wife's mother, Lady Macbeth, uh, her sister, 
she got that name from my associate pastor and uh, the the brother and the brother acted like he had more sense than the rest of them you know uh, uh, she needs to go back with her husband and uh, uh, and they need to raise these children together uh, they didn't want they didn't want that responsibility they didn't want the children they didn't want her see but now all of a sudden after I have raised them to be uh, great successes by myself they want to come now and act like they're so concerned because they have heard me preach and, and they have heard me preach what has made me and this family successful the, the man is the head of the household they've been divorced and remarried and horn around and everything else for all of these years over 20 something years over 30 years and now all of a sudden they want to come back now that the children live in a mansion and uh, my oldest daughter drives a Mercedes and uh, uh, and she's barely 30 and helps me in the ministry and all of that they want to bust that up when they had a chance to mold them and make them into the devils that they are. Two for more the child of hell than themselves. See. And I'm the one that told my children, once you get you leave my house, you can talk to anybody you want to talk to and go wherever you want to go and so forth and so on. You know why I said it? Because I believe I believe that they're strong enough to handle it. But maybe some of them have to learn the hard way to stand on their own two feet and not let other people, even though they they have never felt the love of a mother, uh, bamboozle them to turn against God and against Christ and against their own father. You say, is that painful for all of that to be happening? No. Because I'm already prepared and geared up with verses like this one. My oldest son, Daniel White the Fourth, and I put together a series, a very powerful series, which I think is still very popular, where we talked about and preached on for weeks how your family members will become your greatest enemies. That sermon series alone prepared me for what uh, I have to deal with now. I'm not shocked. I'm not bothered by it. And I think, uh, and I believe that some there are family members who marvel at how unbothered I am about it. I'm not even uh, even engaging or, uh, or, or, or trying to uh, communicate too much about it. Because you know what? I really don't have the time. I really don't have the time. Because I know these these uh, newfound family members, and I know what this is about. They can't stand the fact, like m thousands of other people, that I'm preaching against the abomination of homosexuality, like there's no tomorrow. Tomorrow, you know why? Because that's a line that human beings should know by now not to cross. 
and 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 we have crossed it and look at the hell we're in whirlwind of hell we're in right now in this country and around the globe I warned you about this for years and the government as I said in the article this past week is not really the main ones to blame it's the church look at me preachers I know I got about 250 to 300 preachers in the crowd tonight look at me real good pastors bishops priests the church the church betrayed Jesus Christ the church is largely a Judas church across the board I know you don't like it because you don't understand it but one of the reasons why we have an explosion of homosexuality and uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrahism in our countries is because pastors and bishops and priests have raped little children. Look at me real good and see if I'm playing with you. Nuns have raped little girls. And let me tell you something. Sometimes women, are, listen to me, listen to me real good. Sometimes women are more vicious towards women and females than men will ever be. Will ever be. The things that women think of of doing to women uh, that men would not dare think about doing. Nuns down through the years have taken big crucifixes and uh, stuck it into little girls' vaginas. Now that's that's demonic. This is documented. Oh, you know why we have an explosion of abortion and it took 50 years? Because the Catholic Church have the Catholic Church itself has aborted more babies than anybody else. Thousands of babies are uh, are buried uh, under uh, temples and churches. Priests, bishops, pastors have homosexualized children. For when a person of that kind of authority rapes you, then you don't know what you are. That's why we have this mess of transgenderism. And now we have monkeypox that's uh, infecting these male homosexuals, along with AIDS. That's what happened. It wasn't really the church, the government trying to get the church to collude with them. The church led the way. And all of this I know is shocking to you, but it is what you call a revelation from God. Sad to say the church led the way. And now we got look at look 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 now how God is 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 stepping. Now we have the two largest denominations in the world, the Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Convention, under investigation by the DOJ. Look at me real good. 
and there's no telling what they're going to find but that is not a situation you want to be in but be not deceived God says God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap So I say to the family devils, leave my children alone. You did not want them when they were little. You didn't even want your own flesh and blood. Why? Because you were doing your thing. You didn't want anybody to crimp your style. You had your bow peeps slipping and sliding, even though you're supposed to be a Christian and religious. You had your uh, whoring around to do, and you didn't want to. Be, you didn't want to be bothered with no grandchildren, and you did right by telling her that yeah, that man has not done anything to you. You need to go ahead on and do what you're supposed to do as a wife. You laid down there and had these six children, and so you're gonna. You you need to take care of them with your husband. And stop this foolishness. You told her right. But don't come now after. And you know how she is. Don't come now. And, and, and try to claim my children. Now that they're successful. They're successful. Because I prayed for them. Every day of their life. I read the Bible to them. Every day of their life. I had to rebuke them. And chastise them. And I had to be the one to tell them. I love you. And give them the hug. Now that, that you want to so easily do. I had to make your, your, your family member. Your daughter and your sister. Hug them. And kiss them. And tell them. Or not kiss them. Uh, they wouldn't even allow that. But hug them and tell them I love you. I made her do it. Until it got to the point they, they were older, they didn't even want her to do it. So you did right and you did wrong. And don't come with that mess now and leave them alone. Show enough courtesy, show enough respect, and leave them alone with your devilment and foolishness and uh, let them be. You didn't help them when they needed you. Leave them alone now. And let them go on and do what God wants them to do. And I believe that my wife's brother would support that. Because he's the only one who acts like he has some sense. Leave it be. And don't come at me. Like a pack of demonic wolves. Dr. Freddie Haynes one time said, and family drama just won't stop. My wife and I wrote a three-volume novel set from that one refrain that Dr. Freddie Haynes, Dr. Freddie Haynes and I would not agree on some things, but uh, those old-time black preachers can shuck the corn, they can 
they what I mean by that they can come they can come with some with some titles and refrains and they have natural abilities that is crazy out of this world and he came up with that refrain and family drama just won't stop my wife and I we were there just one Sunday one Sunday we never I, I don't think we ever been back and heard that and w went back and wrote a novel three volume novel set from that and and it's amazing uh it was somewhat predictive because that's 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 the case and fam dot 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 ellipsis and family drama just won't stop you can put anything you want in front of that but family drama just won't stop and by the way uh i love j-lo I, I i told you that i don't love uh ben and their name is not benefer i don't want to see that again but anyway they they they're going to see big time dot 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 and family drama just won't stop they 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 are in the whirlwind now of pain and heartache that's going to happen over and over and over again until they die but be that as it may my dear friends let me move on uh, john chapter 1 verses 11 through 13 says he came unto his own and his own received him not dr charles Spurgeon said astonishment led to inquiry only, only Spurgeon can just make a simple statement like that, so powerful. Astonishment led to inquiry. Bam! They began to ask how it could be. The question, whence hath this man this wisdom? How could this be? Where did he get this power from? Where did he get this authority from? Where did he get this wisdom? See, wisdom is is uh, bigger than knowledge. See, wisdom comes from God. God, when he gives you wisdom, he expands you so wide, so deep. Wisdom is over knowledge it's good to have knowledge but wisdom comes from god and it's expansive it's like the universe see you you, you know why uh people uh like to talk to td jakes you can say what you want about them it's not just the knowledge, see. It's the wisdom and the old soulness that God has given him. It's, it's deeper than knowledge. It's, it's broad, it's wide, and, and, and all kinds of things be coming on into you to tell people. Dr. Tony Evans is the same way. Not only knowledgeable, and see, he's a he's a he's a double threat, double threat. 
because he has deep knowledge of the word. He is a true doctor of, of theology and of the Bible. Now here's the mark, let, let me help you. Now here's the mark of a true doctor from an accredited, uh, in his case, seminary or an accredited uh, university, graduate school. And someone who got a doctor from a paper mill or, or, or a uh, diploma mill. <laughs> the true doctor is going to know it. Because the people who are going to put the doctor on you, they're not going to let you have it unless you know it. And you prove that you know it. you got to prove it. You understand? You, know, you, can't, you can't just turn in a dissertation and get a doctor. you you got to prove it. You understand me? Now, but here's the test, though, for a true doctor. They can sit there, and they can preach it, prepared situation, or they can sit there in an interview with no notes and quote you chapter and verse accurately and then explain it to you. That's what Dr. Tony Evans can do. On top of that, through his prayer life and his striving to obey Christ and obey the word and his asking for wisdom, he has wisdom as well to boot. See, this is why you don't want to get entangled with dealing with people like that because you're going to have Excuse me, you're behind handed to you. <laughs> oh, yes, you're going to have your behind. I was going to say something else, but because I respect my elders, I didn't say it. And see, if you have any sense, you don't want to get into a debate with people like this. Because you can't, you can't debate wisdom. Because anything you bring up, you, you, you're never going to win a point because the wisdom is going to slap you down. It's too expansive. It's too wide. It's too broad. And they're not even trying. See, see people who have wisdom from God, like... And, of course, Jesus had the most of all time. For he is God. <laughs> You're not going to win that battle. There's no debate. It's over from the get-go. And Jesus showed people that when he was here. Just a few words. It was over. It was over. The Pharisees and Sadducees who had knowledge even of the Bible, but lacked salvation and lacked wisdom, tried to trip him up, and he would say just a few words, and it was over. No, you, you can't touch this. <laughs> you can't touch this, man. See, you're just going to be constantly digging yourself a hole when you're messing with people who have God's wisdom and knowledge. Leave it alone.
Leave them alone. <clears throat> Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? might have been brought forward reverently and have led to their obtaining a most instructive reply, but some flavored their question with impertinent, impertinent unbelief. You know, well, they, they said it and everything, but they, it had an air of unbelief with it. Doubt, mockery, and this cost them dearly. His pedigree seemed to them to be of the lowliest. And see, that's when you when you have people who really have a problem with you. When your pedigree does not line up. He had sprung from among themselves. He just came from the common folk. Now let me tell you something about God. That's how God operates oftentimes. God will take somebody from nobodies and raise them up to do great things for the glory of God. How is it that Billy Graham, basically a dairy farmer family, from the hills, some would call him a hillbilly, but he never, and God raised him up. And I was in the airport on my way back to Dallas after Billy Graham's funeral. And several of us were traveling back to where we live from that home going and I met a man who worked in the Billy Graham organization in out in uh, Minnesota and I said his voice was unique coming from the hills of uh, Appalachia he said yes he just simply said, God gave him that voice. That's what he told me. He worked with the Billy Graham organization for years. He said, God gave him that unique voice. It was not something he made up. Uh, it was a unique voice that God gave him that did not come from the hillbillies where he's from. Not that voice. It, it was, and it was to me. It was even uh, had a, a better sound to it than uh, the Queen's English to me. And then he said, God gave him an international voice. His daughter has the same thing, same really unique voice, man. Now they probably don't even know that. They they probably even they never thought about it. And Graham Lotz, she has a similar voice. 
Franklin Graham does not have that. It's okay. My dad could sing, and I can't, so. It's all right, Franklin. Don't get jealous. But Anne Graham Lotz, she has that look, that distinctive look and that distinctive voice. I cannot explain it. You cannot explain it. It's a gift from God. Nobody talks like Anne Graham Lotz. Nobody talks like Billy Graham. I, I've never heard it since. A voice of authority. His reputed father was a village artisan, a simple carpenter. Carpenter. His mother was plain Mary. The Virgin Mary is plain Mary to the people. And his relations commonplace enough. This ought to have gratified and encouraged them, but it did not. You would think that they would be gratified and encouraged because of somebody so great could come from their stock. But they were not. They grew sarcastic. They were offended in him. And see, when family members and friends get offended in you because of what you preach and what you stand for and what you do, buddy, it's pretty much over. Did you hear me? It's pretty much over. Uh, because the devil sets in, the demons set in. That's why I don't even be bothered with it. I told my daughter, Danita, who's been called as a missionary from her childhood up, This is not even you. Don't get bogged down with this foolishness. And you go on with your life. And your siblings, if you can help them, help them and move on with your life. Don't get bogged down with family mess. God led me away from that. God led Abraham away from it, people. God led Jesus Christ away from it. Jesus Christ didn't stay all engaged in, in the family politics. He didn't. We don't hear too much about that at all after he uh, started in his ministry. He honored his mother. He is God in the flesh and he's the one who gave the commandment to honor your father and your mother. He honored God by obeying God and dying on the cross for our sins. And he remembered his mother. He said, John, take care of my mother. I wrote a chapter in a, in a book years ago. Uh, and it just came to my mind, I may share it next week because it's apropos to this series. There comes a time when God has called you to do something that you have to separate from your family. You can still pray for them, you can still love them, but you're wasting your time trying to bring them along. Do you hear me? 
because they don't understand. And, and it's going to be too painful for you to be trying to hook up with them and then pulling away at the same time because God's going to demand that you pull away. Because see, no, see, the reason is, and the reason why God called Abraham away from his family, nobody can discombobulate you and hinder you and cause a bunch of problems like family. And God is, is, is a jealous God. And, and God wants you to understand, no, family is not everything, I'm everything. Jesus wants you to know that family is not everything and family is most important. Uh, and all of that, he doesn't know. No, 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 that's not the case. I gave you the family for uh, a while for you to enjoy and all of that and grow up in and so forth. But now I'm calling you to me. I'm your real family. I'm your real father. So you need to do what I tell you. Now honor your father and your mother. Give them some money and give them some support when they need it and help them out when you do well i want you to make sure they do well but you all of that can be done without a whole bunch of gathering uh, listen to me i'm talking to about 250 300 preachers tonight that's what that's why you can't preach anything that's why you can't do anything that's why you can't tell your wife and children anything because you're afraid of them they may turn they may uh, turn their affection away from you and their love away from you if you stand on that your wife is telling you like most of the pastors wives the Jezebels in the church many of them not all told you pastors well go ahead and let my uh, my hairstylist gay homosexual man come on in the church with his boyfriend what's wrong with that we we got homosexual we, we're doing homosexual swinging and everything else you and I that's how the, that's one of the ways the homosexuals came into the church. The wife, the pastor. What's wrong with them? They're couples like us. We got divorced and remarried. You know, they, the homosexual. In fact, my homosexual uh, hairdresser told me that y'all can't stop us from coming. Y'all got all kinds of mess going on up in the church. You got divorced and remarried people on the deacon board. Divorced. You, in fact, you and your husband are divorced and remarried two or three times. I found out today, I thought Paula White was only married once before. She was married twice before and divorced. Now she's on her third marriage. And yes, yeah, she's a prophetess. And y'all, and the, the, the homosexual would tell you, you know you're not supposed to do that. So how can you stop me from being a member of the church? That's what they say. Because they know the Bible too, just like the devil. You know, the devil knows the Bible too now. He studied the Bible as well. See. See, and see, when you're too close to your family, you can't, you, you can't preach or you choose not to preach like you're supposed to. When you're too close to your wife and she has power with you, even more power than God, and you hearken to the voice of your wife, that's why the church is in the mess it is today. Don't bow your head, preacher male preachers I'm talking to you I'm not talking to you female preachers on that see the whole world is in trouble 
from way back yonder with Adam and Eve because the man hearkened to his wife's voice and, and, and you know, Eve was something else. See? You understand me? You take the finest woman living today and multiply that a trillion times, you might find Eve. Eve was all over the place fine and naked. He was blinded by the nakedness. Huh? All the way fine. Not halfway, no plastic surgery. Dripping with fatness. And and, and he sold us down the river. He said, give me that apple, girl. And that's what has happened down through the years. Most pastors are henpecked, controlled, and dominated by their wives. Preachers who are trying to get things done, deacons who are trying to get things done, they can't do it because uh, the wife got the pastor pee-whipped. Got him right where it hurts and won't let him go. Pastor, I thought we decided last week yeah, you know, but you know how I did, brother. We all henpicked, you know. I had a little pillow talk with my 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 wifey, you know, my sweet thing. And so we can't build that building right now because she doesn't want it. Okay, brethren, okay, you know, y'all help me out now so that she won't put me on the couch and I can't get in a nookie. <laughs> Woo. Mm-mm. But that, that's the problem in the church. And that's why we got homosexuals in the church. And yes, it is Adam's fault. He is to blame. But there's mama behind the throne. There's Jezebel behind the throne. And Ahab. On the throne. Another case in point where family messes up the man of God. You got to have, listen, even with your wife, when it comes down to God, Jesus, the Word of God, the ministering of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God, there's got to be some distance between y'all. Oh, yes, we won, but we ain't won like that. Not when you interfere with the Word of God in the ministry and messing with the people of God. And acting like you got some kind of Jezebel authority up in here. You're not going to get me into trouble with God. You're not, don't even try to tell me anything. When it comes come down to the Bible, the Word of God, my preaching and dealing with the people, I don't want my wife to tell me anything. And she never has told me anything. Try to suggest something to me about how I'm going to preach and what I, I'm going to preach on what I'm not. No, uh, we ain't never had that issue. Thank God. And I've never in my life hearkened to the voice of my wife, period. Never. And, and, and watch this. God has blessed me for it. That's a fact. You cannot preach like I, I preach and, 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 uh, and be handpicked and controlled by your wife. 
there, there are things that my wife does not like for me to preach. But I preach on it anyway. And I have never hearkened to her voice. And see, some of you women think that that's your, part of your job of being a helpmate. No, it's not. Uh, I, need, I need your help to wash them dishes. I need your help to take care of my sexual needs. I need your help to help me raise these children. And, and, and love on them. And make sure they're fed and changed and all of that. I, uh, uh, I need your help to set up the church. To make the programs and stuff like that. I don't need your help to uh, tell me what to preach. Uh, honey, I have an idea about what you can preach on. No, you don't have an idea for me to preach on nothing. That's bad in English, but that's that's the reality here. And thousands of preachers followed that foolishness, listening to some other preacher. My wife, uh, God speaks to my wife, and uh, so that she can speak to me and tell me things. The devil is speaking to you, son. Uh, sir, if you're older, son, if you're younger. That's the devil talking to you. That's, that's not God. God does not. He can if he wants to, but th th that's not the way he has set up things. God set you up as the head. He's gonna, why would he speak to your wife to tell you something? And, and we've had preachers to preach this, evangelical preachers to preach this kind of foolishness. Are you a dummy? You can't hear? Are you deaf? No, sir. God speaks to you directly. God has spoken to me directly regarding my family. Down through the years. God has never spoken to me through my wife. Never, never, never. And y'all need to stop that foolishness. Now, my wife wants to give a suggestion about what we're going to have to eat tonight. That's fine. But other than that, no, sir. No, ma'am. I, 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 I don't get anything from God through my wife. Nothing. Never have. And preachers actually preached on this for years. Telling men, your wife now, God will speak to her and to tell you something. That's a lot of hell. We need more men who hearken to God and not their wives and understand their wives. Watch this and hear me well. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Their wives are there to serve you and to do what you tell them to do that you got from God. And it is a blessing to have a helpmeet. It is a blessing to have somebody to serve you and to rub your feet and to take care of those needs that you have. You don't need uh, the wife telling you stuff. You, you need to hear from God yourself to tell your wife some stuff. So they grew sarcastic when they were dealing with Jesus. And hopped upon the family. They even brought the family in there. Hopping upon them. Names of James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. They hinted that 
he could not have learned much wisdom in a carpenter's shop. Look at his brothers. Look at his brothers. And as he had not been among the rabbis to obtain a superior education, he was not raised up like that. He could not really know much. How could he have attained to such eminence? He was a mere nobody coming from a nobody family. Now don't be shocked by all of this. We see this kind of thing happening uh, even today, not like Jesus. People who come uh, from messed up families and backwards families, somehow God raises them up to do great things. uneducated families. I'm not a fan of this uh, preacher and senator. We would disagree on some serious points. But I know what kind of family he came from. <laughs> he came from a nobody family. No pedigree. None. Zero, man. I mean, I mean just, just down home people. Down in Savannah. Down in the hood. But somehow, he was raised up, and, and, and now he's pastoring the church in the pulpit where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. pastored. He does not look the part. Excuse me, my friend, you don't. He doesn't look like a preacher who would be the preacher at... Ebenezer Church. He doesn't. He's had some serious marital problems and family problems and all of that. But not only that, he's a senator now. Raphael Warnock. I'm not a fan. I don't agree with his policies. But I know where he came from. He came from nothing. How many have you heard about people had six, seven, eight, nine, ten children, and the baby. Everybody else really never do wells. The baby rises up and becomes a president of something, and president of the uh, company, or or uh, an envoy, or an ambassador, or president of the United States. Bill Clinton was like that. Just uh, we, just just a hellhole upraising, uh, upbringing rather. Just just hellacious. Dad got killed, raised by a stepfather. There were issues there. Mother half, excuse me, God bless the dead, kind of crazy. But he was a genius and a political genius. Became the governor of Arkansas. So, so, so don't, don't underestimate what people can come uh, up to be. God, God has done this over and over and over again. How is it that the scrawny little uh, Steph Curry can be compared to Michael Jordan now? 
Why? How is it that he can win multiple MVPs? Not not big like his dad. Coming pretty much, you know. I mean, coming up and not having the size and but but turned out to be still as scrawny as he is. The best basketball player, arguably, in the NBA right now. Coming from Davidson College, not Duke, not the Tar Heels, not the not Maryland, not NC State, home of of uh, David Thompson, who used to fly like an eagle. Michael Jordan, North Carolina Tar Heels, Davidson, little old Davidson College. But he can shoot that peel. With so much accuracy, he can shoot it and start running down the court the other way. Don't even look at it. God has the power to raise people up from nothing. He did it with his own son. To be the greatest of all time. While they knew him. When his parents lost him. When they went up to the feast. At Jerusalem. Not a special family that loses their child. I thank God that in over all of the years. I raised my children because I was so. Uh, concerned about that. I never lost a child. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Now, he's the one who did it, but uh, I don't understand how folk be losing children. I don't, I don't understand it. Every day on the news, this child has been lost. This child, I don't understand that. I think somebody needs to look at the parents. Let's find out. Let's take the parents down to the jail house and see if we can talk some sense into their heads and get some information here. Why are we losing all these children? I mean, I mean, I mean, it's weird to me. People, uh, uh, children going off into the woods, following a dog, and never come back. They're gone for 14 days, 7 days. I don't understand. Anyway, they could not listen to the talk of the carpenter's son. You're just the carpenter's son. How can you tell me something? They stumbled at that which should have been a stepping stone for them. They should have been the good kind of proud, poor souls. Still is it commonly the case that where a man is known, his neighbors find it hard to think that he can be really great. And so, dear friends, those of you who are called by God to do a work for the Lord. And I say this, it may not be called like me, ordained and licensed to preach the gospel and truly called by God to be a prophet to nations and an evangelist to the world. But I say to my daughter, Danita, who I know is called to be a missionary, 
don't get bogged down with family folk. They're never going to see you that way. So you need to understand why I have no interest. I love my family, of all of all of them. I'm not mad at anybody. But when, like, like a like a papa bear, you see your children being messed with, I'm going to say something about it. You're grown to do what you want to do, but I'm going to say what I need to say. But you're not going to go anywhere fast dealing with family folk. They're never, they're too familiar. They remember when you were a little girl and this, that, and the other. And, and, and they're, they're never going to see you as the great missionary you are. They'll try to use you to do their evil work and their dirty work. You need to be wise enough and smart enough. I don't care how much money they give you. I don't care if they give you a computer. I don't care if they buy a car for you. I don't care if they buy a house for you. And do not take a house or a car or a computer or any money from a homosexual person in the family or a lesbian person in the family. They've been given money to, to recruit people like you. Millions of dollars. They've been given millions of dollars to recruit, recruit people like you. But you're going to end up like Anne Heck. <clears throat> because, and, and I have warned my children. I'm going to warn them again. And your children too. Bad things are going to happen to you if you go the wrong way against God and against the only parent who raised you. Remember Anne Heck. Remember Anne Heck now. That goes for Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel Ezekiel, Daniel Ezekiel, Danielle, Duran, Danielle, Quasia, all of my offspring, all of my children. When you know better, you better do better because of God to get a hold of you and we're going to be hearing about you. Uh, dying early. Uh, having a bad car crash and God loves everybody God loves Ann Heck and God loves you but don't don't mess with God and what he has done for you you on your own tell your newfound devilish family members to leave you alone I don't want to be a part of your mess and you're fighting against my father who has never done you any wrong and he raised this family and suffered and 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 sacrificed to raise this family without your help I'm not gonna be a, a Judas for you and a go-between for you you devils now I can call them that you you can't but you you need to get them off of you because they're gonna mess up your life and no, I have no interest in having Thanksgiving dinner with them. So you can forget about that. I have, I, 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 I love, I'll be glad to continue on having Thanksgiving with you. But if you uh, are going to be against me, I don't want to have Thanksgiving dinner with you either. Or Christmas dinner or birthday dinners or nothing. Two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. 
And I'm saying some things for fathers and mothers all across this country that they dare not say. And they're secretly, quietly saying, get them, get them. I'm not trying to get anybody. I'm just trying to help you to understand what Jesus had to go through. If he had to go through it, we're going to go through it. We're his children. We're his disciples. We're his uh, servants. And as he said, nobody is greater than the master. And so with that said tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as the rain is coming again, if you were to die tonight, where would you go, heaven or hell? If you don't know, stick around. If you do know and you are saved, call somebody else, text somebody else, email somebody else, and invite them. <clears throat> If you're not sure, stick around. If you know that you would go to hell, stick around. Here's how to get saved from hell straight from the Bible. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Would you agree with that? Hopefully you will because it doesn't matter. That's the reality. We are all sinners. We all have lied and stolen things and lusted after people and things. We're all depraved and undone. We all have coveted after people and things. We all have uh, dishonored and disrespected our parents at times. We all have uh, dishonored God by taking his name in vain. Some of us have committed adultery. Some of us have committed fornication. Some of you have become homosexuals and lesbians. All of these will damn your soul to hell, even one of them, if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and call on his name. The Bible also says the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sin. You probably didn't know that. You thought you died from cancer or from some evil disease or coronavirus or cardiac arrest. That's just the means of death. The reason why we die is because of our sinful nature and our sinful choices. Choosing to sin against God, doing evil against God. And God wants you to understand that he does love you and he's done everything he could to save you by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to suffer to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. He did all of that for you. But you do need to understand that if God will allow you 
to suffer punishment by dying because of your sins and to die off of this beautiful ball called earth that we take for granted please understand that God will allow you because of your own sins to go to hell to spend eternity and to be tormented in the flames of hell for eternity forever now I have to explain it to you that way because people don't understand that God loves everybody but God cannot tolerate sin in his economy in his world or in heaven and he's not going to do that so what you need to do while you are still on this earth is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ hell is a place of torment Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he uh, than than anybody else in the Bible and so hell is a very real place hell is a sad place hell is a bad place hell is bad news but I have some good news from you rather Jesus has some good news for you because he said the most loving most magnificent and most important words in the history of mankind to mankind when he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and dear friend believe in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight may be your last night on earth it is quite amazing how suddenly death comes do you hear me death comes suddenly how many times you've heard of a person they get they start having a cough and they get the gagging and uh, and coughing and and, and 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 then they feel kind of faint uh, and then they, before you know it three hours later they're dead there's no reason why we couldn't drop dead right now the Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment you will die and you will die because of your sins the wages of sin is death and if God will punish you by allowing you to die from this beautiful greenish bluish whitish ball hanging on nothing but God's grace and God's word hanging on nothing out in space held up by his power just get that in your head right there and then you die from that if you don't believe in his son Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ the Son of God told you you're going to spend eternity in hell now there are some people who say they found hell in the universe it is a ball that is burning constantly it's a lake 
rivers and I mean not rivers but lakes oceans of fire it's like a planet of fire that's what some scientists have said some scientists believe that hell is in the center of the earth why would fire I mean there is fire in the center of the earth molten fire like the fire you see coming out of a volcano some people believe that we have volcanoes because uh, of a burning inferno in the center of the earth why would a f why would fire liquid fire be in the center of the earth what is the purpose of that there is a hell my friends I would lovingly encourage you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can be saved from this place receive God's grace and mercy by believing in his son Jesus Christ who suffered bled and died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God why because he is the son of God the Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved are you ready to get saved now great believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered bled and died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God follow me in prayer as we pray the sinners prayer repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart or don't say it at all God is not going to make you and I can't make you so follow me in prayer believing in your heart in Jesus Christ Holy Father God I admit that I am a sinner and that I have sinned against you I have committed those sins or most of those sins that the preacher talked about in your sight repeatedly I understand that I deserve to die and go to hell to burn forever for Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered and who bled and who died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose from the third rose on the third day by your power Lord Jesus Christ please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my evil deeds and sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle 
and help me to follow you in the newness of life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I do pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ has instructed you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, he gave up his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you have done that, dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. And uh, to help you grow in the faith and become the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. Go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book free of charge titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. Once you believe in Jesus Christ, you have entered through the door. And this little book tells you step by step what you need to do next as a Christian. I wrote it because uh, I wanted to make sure that everybody that I preach to, preach the gospel to, and they get saved. They know what to do next. We do have some pastors, and thank God many of them are gone out of the ministry now, and some have died out of the ministry because of their own sins. But they never really cared for the sheep as they should, the young sheep who need uh, that encouragement and that guidance the most. They were just, to use their phrases, their phraseology, uh, we're going to plug you in here and plug you in here. We don't plug Christian people born again young Christian and anything they need to be with other young Christians with a loving caring pastor teaching them in fact I, I think the pastor ought to teach the young Christians everything they need to know including church history and so this book will help get you started and uh, listen to all of my podcasts, including Church History. It's a university. It's a university. There's one pastor who used to have a graded system, like a university, one on Bible 101, Evangelism 101. And you had to take those classes because, be, be, before you could become a full-fledged member, from what I understand. Pastor Lon Solomon. Lon Solomon. What a man of God. And uh, and uh, we thank God for him. And, and so that's what I'm trying to do. I want you to make sure you, you're solid and you're good to go. So listen to all of our podcasts. We have over 50 podcasts at the Gospel Light University. 
and just all you have to do is plug it in put your earphones on and sit back and listen to the Word of God being taught in so many other subjects and grow in the faith also email us at DW3 at Gospel Light Society and let us know that you got saved <clears throat> so that we can rejoice with you and send you more materials and point you in the right direction uh, Elizabeth uh, go ahead and uh, and Daniqua uh, Grace uh, go ahead and, and y'all work together and put uh, a link to all of the podcasts on I think it's already on there, but on on some other places that they can see that. Uh, and then, uh, and if you can't find a church home that preaches the word, come here every week, every day. I'm preaching the word, preaching the gospel, and preaching the word. Invite your friends uh, here to Gospel Light Society or Gospel Light House of Prayer, either one. I'm preaching simultaneously on those two uh, sites and other places as well. And uh, so, and we're here 24 7. Uh, we have people up all times of the night. Uh, and uh, you can email in your prayer requests, email in your questions, questions, and we're here for you until Jesus comes or until. We all die, but we're here for you until then. And uh, let's have a word of prayer as we get ready to hear the old hymns of the faith. And make sure that you pray without ceasing uh, until we, if the Lord tarries, is coming and we live until we meet again. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for the great service, devotional service earlier today. Thank you for a great afternoon, and thank you for a great night. In your word, and uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Father God, I pray that you will set your people free to serve you. Rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts, from everybody and their families under the sound of my voice and uh, even on demand. And I pray that you'd move us all to uh, having a great night of rest and sleep without drugs. And Lord, wake us up early in the morning to get started all over again. It's so exciting to be able to serve you. Uh, Lord, uh, each and every day. And so, in Jesus Christ's name, I do pray, and for his sake, amen. God bless you, dear friends. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow.